Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, and I like that. I ran out of that grave. Anybody else run out of that grave? Yeah, I was uh, paralyzed from the neck down. I had spinal rigidity. Uh, when you picked me up my neck, I rose all the way up to my feet, and there was no hope for me. But let me give you something my dad gave me that brought healing into my life and changed me. And I've been changed ever since. Not too long ago, a lady came up to the table where I was eating, and she goes, that you having trouble in your spine? All of us that had polio are getting crippled again. And she goes, if you get crippled, let me know. She walked away and gave me a number. I tore that number up. I said, I'm never going back there. I've been there. I know what that's like. How many are glad God called you out of that grave? Praise God. Yes. My dad got down beside me, and he whispered in my ear, and he said, son, breathe Jesus. I was young. I didn't know at the time what all that meant, uh, but I started breathing Jesus. Let me tell you that your breath with COVID's a problem too. This will get you out of COVID. Breathe in Jesus because all the blood in your body goes through your lungs. And when you breathe in Jesus, it will get deposited into that bloodstream. And that bloodstream touches every cell in your body. So if you can put Jesus in the blood of your life, send it down there. It'll heal that cancer. It'll touch you. Because there's nothing like the power of the name of Jesus. Somebody praise him in here this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and said, boy, I'm so glad you sat by me. You're good looking. See what happens there. That might help you. Where's my two friends, uh, Kaiser and Noah? Are they in here? There they are. I see Kaiser's hand and Noah right back there. I had uh, met those young men. They're really nice, and they need girlfriends really bad. So I, I hope that they'll come and see you. We ate at Bronze. Is that the name of it where they have that ice cream? Oh, I got a little bit on my eyebrow. My tongue slapped my brain silly trying to get to it because it was that good. People say, where are you from? I'm from southern Indiana where the swift, rushing waters of the Wabash flow into the strong, muscular arms of the Ohio and the northern twang. Blends itself with the southern draw anywhere y'all want. And grits push fried potatoes over to the side of the plate. Oh, that's where I'm from right there, Randy. That's a good place to be from. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm just so glad to be back here. Uh, appreciate you inviting me to see all of you good people. I've met some friends. I've been here uh, several times. And I tried to dress like Mike today. So I'm a Mike lookalike. I got my black coat, blazer, my blue shirt, and my jeans. I, I miss the brown shoes. But... Uh, <laughs> I like Matt. I was teasing Matt because he's in a vest today. Uh, he hasn't earned the coat yet. So, <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good, Rick. Go ahead. All right. I, I uh, grew up in a Pentecostal family. I've been a talker all my life. Uh, I think I, my mother said I was born speaking in tongues. I don't know. I think so. Uh, I was tickled. I, I went uh, to a counselor because my daughter couldn't go. And they wrote on my uh, little girl's, my littlest, uh, smallest uh, grandbaby, uh, 
11 years old, she, they said she talks incessantly on her postcard, on her report card. So I went in to meet the teacher, and I, I used to be a high school teacher, and I told her, I said, well, I had one of those written on every card I ever had. And I said, I could have been president of the United States if they would encourage me, but instead they set me in a corner. I said, just give this girl something to report on, and she'll get up every week, and, and she will amaze you, because she can talk. She's like me. And that teacher just looked at me like, oh, dear God. And I said, and I'll be in to see you every quarter. And she goes, oh, I'll give her reports. <laughs> I grew up in a family where everything, did you ever have a day or two where everything just goes crazy? It went crazy for me the other day in the hospital. I got the chance to see Obi Talbot. He's really old. And uh, he coached me when I was way back. And uh, I walked in, he's hard of hearing, and I said, Obi! And he went, oh, why are you screaming? I said, well, you're hard of hearing. He goes, I got hearing aids now. I said, well, great. I said, I'm looking for some. What kind are they? He said, quarter to 12. <laughs> some of you will get that later at lunch, and you'll, you'll see it. Uh, we were in our house. My brother had played football that day, and he broke his collarbone. And you know how, oh, that's really sore, and, and it hurts. And they, back then, they couldn't do anything but just said it. And he's, mom put him in the room where their bed was. We were, lived in a white shotgun house. And I had polio, and I was still having um, nightmares. And so I'd wake up screaming in the night, thinking I was paralyzed. And the scariest thing to me was a fly. Well, if a fly got on me, I'd, I would try to blow it away, you know. And uh, so I was in there scared. Dad moved the bed over a little bit. And my dad always locked the house. Even if I locked it or my brother locked it, my dad wouldn't believe it. He'd get up, he made sure he locked the house. Then my mother put the, the house to bed. I don't know what all she did. It's secret stuff women do, and they won't tell us men, okay? And she was around doing that, and my mother, she always walked real fast, real short steps, but really fast, really fast. And so she could go around in our house without the lights on or anything, and dad had moved that bed. She'd come back into that bedroom, just lickety-split in there, and careened her shin on the edge of the bed. Oh, how many have ever done that? Yeah. She started jumping, saying, I broke my leg, I broke my leg, Alfred, I broke my leg. And she's jumping around, scared my brother. He moved, went, oh, oh, oh. He's screaming. I thought I was having a nightmare. I'm going, ah! And my dad, he was about half asleep. He tries to get up out of the bed, and he falls backwards. The bed slats broke. The whole bed fell right to the floor. The dog was under it. And all you could see was the dog's tail going. Because he was trying to get a breath. And my dad stood up in the bedroom and just lifted up his head. And he said, God, don't let the ceiling fall in. Sometimes, sometimes that's the way life is. Turn to your neighbor and say, that happened. Yeah, that happened. I love the things that happened to me that just unusual. Uh, I have right now, I need a little help getting up those steps. I have, uh, hey, somebody's going to bring me cream for my foot. They told me this morning. I said, put ice in front of that, and I'll really like that. Yeah. Ice. Okay. And I, the doctor said I had plantar fasciitis. Now, to me, that means my right footeth hurteth a lotus. And it's, it's sore. So they said, uh, 
get to a curb and put your foot up on the curb and rock back and forth on it and that will stretch it out or roll a baseball underneath your foot or something like that. So I've been doing that. So I go out to Walmart. Anybody go to Walmart? This is what happened to you when you get old like me. You ended up at Walmart by yourself. What is with it? What is with that? I go in now to get a, uh, a restaurant and they go table of, I go one. Oh, you want to sit in the bar? I go, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just by myself. You know, they just jump to conclusions on you. So I go up to this curb at Walmart. I had on an old T-shirt I'd been uh, painting, and my hair was all in a mess, and I'm rocking back and forth. This precious little lady, I think from New York, from the sound of her voice, she comes up and she goes, oh, are you having an episode? I said, what? She goes, are you having an episode? I think you're having an episode. I go, no, I'm just rocking my, and then her husband goes, get away from him, Marge, he just wants money. I, <laughs> I said, no, I don't want money. And he goes, get a job, hippie, and just walked on in. And I was a hippie again. I don't, I don't know where that goes. So I'm anxious to be around here in Oklahoma and see what happens to me here. Okay, where the wind comes busting out of the plane. Yeah, Oklahoma. Hey, I'm just glad. I want to share with you some things the Lord laid on my heart this morning. I don't preach, I don't think it takes a long time to preach eternal truths, do you? So I won't be preaching a long time, but I'm going to say good stuff. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to say good stuff. Yeah. I thought about how it's spring at home, and we have a lot of farmers in our church, and uh, they're getting ready to plant corn. Corn cannot be planted until it's been the ground warms up to 50 degrees for 40 days. Once the ground has been 50 degrees for 40 days, you can plant corn. But it won't germinate, it won't come up unless it's uh, that warm in there. So we've had a lot of wet weather and some cold snaps here lately, so they're just now starting to get in their fields, which is uh, maybe tough. It takes 120 days from that kernel to become an ear of corn. Those are all Bible numbers, by the way, 120 in the upper room. Did you know there are 120 letters in the Ten Commandments, Hebrew letters? And that's why there's 120 people in the upper room. Because Apostle Paul said, not written in stones, graven uh, stones like Ten Commandments, but now written in the fleshly tables of our heart. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. That God has those letters. 50 times 120 is 6,000. So when you start to look like 50 Jubilees, I'll let you work on that uh, come up with something out. It's beautiful how God puts that into life, things that grow. Everything that's alive came from a seed. All of you came from a seed. You're a winner because somewhere a sperm outramps everybody else got to the egg and you were born. You were planted, okay? You're not a happen chance. You're not just a mysterious mystery. Uh, you've been planted by God. And so when I, I look at this, there's a difference between being planted and being buried. A, a seed concealed will one day be a seed revealed. But in between the two, between this, by the way, I love ears of corn. Anybody love that? Are you a typewriter or a round person? I just put butter on it. You take it out of the, you just leave it in the shuck at home slap some butter on it, and then put it in the microwave for about three minutes, and just, if you got that corn that's yellow and white, just take it out and enjoy. I'm about a three-year guy. Yeah, we have all these stupid jokes in Indiana. 
like watch out, we're stalking you. Uh, yeah, if you're around corn, you'll, you'll get that. Oh, shucks, that's a stupid joke, I know. Uh, watch what you say, we've got a lot of ears here. So you just, you, I think every, every area has those kind of things. So we're looking for the fields to start getting planted. They're out there right now, the farmers are. And when I look at this, I think even in the darkest winter, spring is coming. Our lives are like that. We've been through some tough times in America. I had COVID back in August. They didn't even know what it was, hardly. Uh, but I survived it. I've had my shots. Anybody have your shots? You know, they're all worried about that now, about the shots and things. And I'm, I'm with them. Today, I want to take time to illuminate uh, the process of sowing, growing, and reaping just a little bit. Planting that seed. You have to dig some dirt out to put that seed down in there. And when you're digging that dirt out, you're gonna cover it back up with dirt. I don't care how many people put dirt on you. You were planted. You're gonna come up. You'll come up. I get tickled because uh, one of the farmers, Kenny Stunkel, asked me the other day, he goes, how does corn seed know to go up? Because if it gets down in the ground, how does it know which, which is north, south, east, and west? It seems like it might go the wrong way sometimes, but they all seem to know to come up. I said, well, it's, it's in the plan of God, the process, when in Genesis, God puts into every seed after its kind. Uh, so it goes after its kind. You plant beans, you're not going to get corn because it knows what to do. It's in it. It's sealed in it, or God would have to come down and tell each seed every time, go this way, this way. But I'm thankful for sweet potatoes that do not come up. They stay down there. Any of you going to get with me today? Or you? <laughs> and they stay down, and I grew some sweet potatoes in a flower box last year, and they came out really good. And I thought the whole time I was eating, I'm glad you stayed planted. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad you stayed down. But I'm one of those people, I'm a come-upper. I'm coming up. I don't care how much dirt you throw on me. I don't care how much you want to say about me. I don't care, because in me is that seed. I'm coming out of that grave. Boy, I love that song. I'm coming out of that grave. Everybody said, I'm coming out of that grave. I'm running out because the power of the Lord, uh, it ignites you, excites you, it, it germinates you, and gets you into something uh, better. I was at the, uh, my wife passed away almost four years ago, and I went out to the cemetery, and uh, I was just looking at the flowers and, and things, and, and just think, we were married 51 years, and we got a lot of memories, and uh, just nostalgic, and I thought, I'm going to look at the Bible and read some scriptures, not be in a hurry here, and sometimes people spin the Bible around, and then they put their finger in there and see what verse, but don't do that, because it might say, go hang thyself, you know, and then you, <laughs> you got to obey God, you know, you got hang-ups, um, but I was looking at Romans, and I was just reading some of the scripture in Romans chapter 5. And I landed upon this scripture. It said, we are planted together with Jesus Christ. Oh. I thought, I'm so glad, Nancy, you're planted. When you bury something, you just put some dirt on it. You get rid of it. It's over. You try to walk away. No, not, not my wife. She's planted in Jesus Christ. 
Listen to what the scripture says. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when he appears, we shall be like him. Mm. Next time I see her, she'll be prettier than I ever saw her. She'll have a glorified body. I need a glorified body. How many, raise your hand and say, I could use a glorified body. Write these names down. We'll sell them something. Okay. But I, I just thought, oh, we're going to come back better than when we went down. Yeah, we're coming back better. Heaven's going to be a glorious place, a wonderful place. I have a CD out there that my dad taught on heaven. Um, I think it's like $5. If, uh, it's wonderful teaching. It's all about heaven. Uh, get it. My dad was one of the great old-time preachers of Pentecost. Uh, it's excellent. Um, I got a comedy album out there. If you've got kids, it's an hour. It's a DVD. I'm on there live, so you might want to get that. Uh, my newest book is called The Ten Dreams of Genesis That Changed the World. There are ten dreams in Genesis that changed this whole entire world. And I think you will find yourself in one of those dreams. You will find yourself in a journey uh, trying to get out of there. The first dream in Genesis, now I'm not going to give you all ten, was uh, King Abimelech and how he got a warning dream not to take Sarah to his wife. Because that great father of the faithful said that was his sister, not his wife. He lied. Yeah. I'm so glad that God does not judge us by a bad day. Yeah. He calls him father of the faithful because there were other days that he was good. Hmm. Praise the Lord. I thank you, Mike, for this handkerchief you gave me today. I appreciated it. When I finally found that clean side, it was much better. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, whoops, that wasn't it, was it? <laughs> Sometimes I just go off on a stream. I don't know where I'm going. I'll be back in a minute. You know, I'll be back. And I, I was just sitting there, and I was just thinking how good uh, God had been to me and has been to me. And I thought, boy, one day we're going to come up come up. Some people did not have a good father and a mother. I had a great mom and dad. As you can tell. I was telling you about them. We had this old stairway in the back of the church. We lived, uh, at that time we lived above the church in an apartment and they had this little narrow stairway and it went down, then it made a sharp turn and went down again. And it was, you could fall down that really quick so we all were very careful. Do you remember when we had garbage I'm talking about coffee grounds, uh, eggshells, different food that you did, and you scraped it all off in a paper bag, and it would get soft down at the bottom. So my dad was going down those steps, and we heard him slip. <laughs> and he went boom, 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 boom. And then it was a pause, and then he went down the others. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so we all ran over there to meet him, Mom and my, my brother. And we're looking down there, and he's got his feet up the steps, and there's coffee grounds around his neck, and like an eggshell on his forehead. <laughs> it was hilarious looking. And my mother said, oh, did you fall? And my dad goes, no, Helen, I come down this way all the time. And we grew up in that kind of a situation where things would go wrong, but we're still coming up. We're still coming up. When I was a little kid, they got me a, a, a tool set of something, 
and I was like six or seven, I sold all, I sawed all the legs of the dining room table off while they were at church. I got upset because they didn't come back. And then later they were in a big new car and he was preaching a tent revival. I got mad, to, found out the cigarette lighter and I burnt very nice uh, symmetrical designs in the leather. Oh, when they came back and found me, my dad dra dragged me out of the car. That's when I first met Jesus, up personally. <laughs> up personally was right there. I, I look at some of us don't come up in a good, a good place. Yeah. Some come up, they were abused. They were hurt. They were laughed at. Made fun of. I, I need you to pray for a young man that's, uh, he's like a son to me. His name's Ricky Holstein. He's not my first name. Uh, he got a new motorcycle. It wrecked it, almost tore his right leg off, and he's in emergency care today. Um, he said, pray for me, Rick. We will, and we are. But when I first met him, I was putting together a football team that later we would win the city championship. But I, I needed a couple guards. I had runners, I had a quarterback that throw the ball. But I, I needed some guards and I was driving around a mall and I saw this kid, chunky kid riding on his bicycle. And I stopped and I said, hey, you and your buddy, you like to play football? They go, yeah. I said, are you playing anywhere? No. I said, well, I'm gonna get you some papers and see if you come out. And they did, they came out. And they were great. And when I took him home, uh, his dad was in prison and his mother uh, had a drinking problem. And when I, oh, it was just the other way around, I'm sorry. The mother was in prison, dad had a drinking problem. And when I opened the door, he said, be careful, don't kick any of these beer cans because my dad wakes up, he'll, he'll, he'll beat me. I said, oh, okay. So I stood there and watched this little kid maneuver around those cans uh, to get to the stairway to go to bed. He came up on the rough side of the mountain. Yeah. But he's found the Lord. He's changing him. Devil's trying to take him out. Some of you are that way. There's a lot of people in here today that have been abused. You've been hurt bad. Maybe you went through a terrible divorce. Maybe you uh, lost somebody you love. Maybe you lost all your money and made a bad decision. or uh, you, you, You're planted, but you're still in the dark place. Well, yeah. I love it when a few weeks go by and you drive across the fields of Indiana and you start seeing these little sprigs of green of corn start coming up out of the ground. They're on the come up. They're coming up. But there's that time when you're in the dark place before the harvest or before you ever come up that you gotta survive in there. And that's why I, they said, what are you gonna preach when you come here? And I felt like the Lord gave me this message for you folks, the watering. There's the time of the watering that you need some watering in your life. You really need it. Here a while back, I pastor a big church like yours and um, I preached, taught on a Sunday night and it's on live stream, and we had about 25 people there. I was glad for the 25, but I mean, you know, I've got a church of 1,000 or so, and 25 is not very many. And when I went home, I was a little depressed about that number, and I looked on live stream, and usually there's four, 500, up to 700 people watch it, 
Nobody was watching it. And that just made me feel worse. And being old, I immediately went in and got me a bowl of oatmeal. Because when all hell breaks loose, oatmeal will help you, okay? And I sat down with a bowl of oatmeal and I had dry toast. The butter was gone. This is how bad life can be. Toast with oatmeal and no butter. So then I looked and I didn't have any sugar. I thought, boy, the devil is really after me. I don't need any more sugar. But So I'm sitting down there and I just looked and I got upset and I said, God, is this... Is this what, I've been to Israel 25 times. I'm going back in uh, 26 times in August. I think it is the 11th, I believe. Uh, and I thought, is this what I've come to? Thanks, Mike. Uh, that I ended up eating oatmeal and toast. And I haven't been anywhere to preach. Uh, last week was the first time I've been out in a while. And um, I guess I had a pity party. And I was just sitting there and I went to sleep feeling bad. And I said to the Lord as I went to sleep, I said, you need to water me. I need some water right now. I said, I'm really dry. And that morning, the next morning, I had four bookings come in before noon. And guess who the first one was? Pastor Mike. And this church, all of you. And he called me and said, Rick, I'd like for you to come out and uh, preach for us. I said, oh, I'd be glad to. Because this is the church. When my wife passed away, I was devastated. Um, she had dialysis really bad, and the Lord healed her of that. And we were in the hospital of Vandenberg, uh, Vandenberg, Vanderbilt Hospital, and they had her on dialysis. And once you go on dialysis, you don't come off of that, but you can live on it. And she told me one morning, she said, I felt the Holy Ghost today, and I, uh, I'm going to say this now. I don't mean it to be offensive, all right? She goes, Rick, I, I got to urinate really bad. And I said, well, hon, that's the feeling that you get, but you don't, you're not going to be able to do that because you've been on dialysis this morning. She goes, look at me. I've got to go to the bathroom. You get somebody in here. So I did. <laughs> I went, and they put this little uh, salve, and then they're, put a thing on there and look in there and this nurse said oh my goodness your kidneys are working your kidneys are full of urine she goes let me get a doctor down here my wife goes before you get a doctor pull that tube out and she didn't she ran on and got doctors and here they come there was four of them they were called the kidney college and they came in and they said mr van Hoos, we're going to pull this out because it looks like her kidneys are working fine we've never seen in the history of vanderbilt hospital they've never had kidneys come back from dialysis they pulled that tube out of there and we got to laughing my wife and i and the nurses because she started just going everywhere <laughs> she goes i never thought i'd be thrilled wetting my own bed but this feels great and we just started laughing up so praise god and they said you can go home your kidneys are working great they checked us out that afternoon and uh, so that was a healing and then she had eye problems, so it's some problem with that. And we were down there at Vanderbilt, and the doctor gets up, and he puts those things on there, and he does all that, and he said, Mrs. Van Hoos, I hate to tell you this, but uh, you're going to be blind in three months. So you need to start getting things uh, prepared like that. And she did the most wonderful thing. I, I love her. 
She turned to that doctor and she goes, this is my husband right here. He's a praying man. Put me down for another appointment in three months. He said, there won't be any sense in it. You'll be blind by then. She goes, put my name down and humor me because this man will touch God for me. Now the pressure was on me. Every morning she goes, have you prayed for me yet? You know, she wanted to make sure. Uh, I was praying all the time. We went back in three months. He scooted up there on his chair. He looked in there. I expected it to be a bad report. He shoved that chair back. I'm not, I can't even tell you what he said. It wasn't good. And then he said, who in the world are you? He said, all I can do now is I can give her cataract surgery and she's going to see great. I've never seen eyes come back like that. This is fantastic. And I said, it's not about who I am. It's about who he is. And breathing the breath of Jesus and letting that go through your whole head, your mind, your blood vessels, your eyes. And healed her eyes. And then she had a massive heart attack and passed away. About two weeks later. And I, I hadn't preached. I was devastated. I was hurt. Uh, I thought, why did God heal her twice and then this? And the drive home from Vanderbilt back to Indiana was, I think, the worst moment of my entire life. I had to leave my wife. I'd always been able to help her and encourage her, but I couldn't do nothing. And Mike calls a couple months later, and he says, Pastor Mike, I'm sorry. And he said, come out and preach for us. Have you preached yet? I said, I can't. I just can't, Mike, I can't. I can't get energized. Well, come and preach for us. Whatever you say that morning, it'll be good. Thank you. He watered me. I came here, I preached. And after the service, there was a big altar call. There was a young lady down here, she was a nurse. She may be here today. I, I, I really don't remember much about her. She just said, I've been to my car twice this morning. I'm trying to leave, but God keeps me, wants me to come back and tell you something. I said, well, just tell me, it's okay. She said, the Lord healed your wife three times. The third time she was finished, God took her to heaven and he healed her. And now I realize that she couldn't have made it through this COVID. She couldn't have made it. She'd have been in a nursing home or something. It had been terrible. But she went on to glory and I thank God. And what that nurse said to me, right here on the right, my right side, gave me a revelation of the whole thing different than what I'd been able to see. I got watered that morning with a new thought, a new idea. And I look at people and there's a great verse that comes to my mind. It says, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Oh, but there's a line in there I left out. It said, we shall be weeping and bringing in the sheaves. Let me tell you something, and this is just me talking real to you. Have you ever been in the bed in a fetal position, crying your eyes out? No one to comfort you, no one to say anything good to you. Have you ever been when you were abused and you had no one to tell and you couldn't tell anybody or your whole life was crashing and you didn't know what to do, but you cried and God. Let your tears water your seed. 
No one else could water you but God. Your tears watered your seed. And it changed you. I know I'm talking to some people today. I know I am. That was me. And the Lord watered the seed that he had planted in me. And that's why I'm here today. I'm on the come up. And Mike asked me to come out. I said, I'm on my way. Because I love this church and what you have sowed into my life. I want to give back to you. So I'm praying this morning. That when I pray for you today, I'm not asking for a Holy Ghost revival here today. If that's what God wants, that's fine with me. But I don't feel that. I, I feel there's a gentle, calm, cleansing rain that can fall on your presence, fall on your, your life, and you come out of that grave. I was, I was telling Pastor Mike, I was just sharing with you. I don't, say, I don't like to say I told somebody. It sounds like my mother. I told you. You know, I had one of those kissy, lovey moms, you know, slap me silly across the room and then go, oh, come here, baby, come here, baby. I, did I hit you too hard? Is that why your eyes shut? Yeah. That's it, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Be child abuse today for sure. Um, my mother took me out of church one night because I was acting up, and she took me out in the alley. She was all mad because I'd sneak back there and was drinking all the communion wine. I don't know why. She... <sighs> Why'd they make it? I mean, it was supposed to be drank, wasn't it? So she dragged me out in the alley, and, and she whipped me so hard. She goes, "It's what you're going to get every Sunday. You're going to get this every Sunday until you get your mind straightened out because you're a troublemaker. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and I, I didn't do that anymore. There's some of you just still keep doing that stupid stuff and you wonder why you're getting a whipping all the time. Hello, hello. Wake up. God wants to wash. Oh my goodness. A gentle rain, a loving rain, a cleansing rain this morning. I'll be preaching tonight What's on my heart right now, I'd like to preach about Acts chapter 12. Um, maybe you don't come on a Sunday night. Well, I hope you'll come out tonight. Do that if you can, all right? And I, I want to talk about how God, you may be in a tough spot, but the Lord sent an angel to get Apostle Peter because the church was praying for him the whole time. And he, he leads him out. But after Easter, it says, after Easter, intending after Easter. What are your intentions now that we've passed Easter? I want to share that with you tonight. And I, I want to pray for people tonight uh, that are really bad. You come out, especially if you have children. God's given me a real anointing for children. I was, one more thing, and I'll, I'll close. I was in Houston, Texas, and I was preaching a conference and this lady called the pastor, we were at his house, and she goes, I'm not a Christian, but my son is dying, and his head looks like a basketball. And she goes, I don't know God, I don't know anybody, but if you could be so kind to come and pray with me. I said, I'll be right there. And on the way up that elevator, I, the devil really worked on me. He said, you're in a hospital where the greatest minds in the world are. What do you have to give to this child or that mother?
I came out of that elevator and I said, don't say anything to me. I love you, I appreciate you asking me. And I put my hands in that little incubator and his head was so large. And I thought, I'm not clever enough. I don't have enough sharp sayings. I'm not, I just have one thing. And I just loved on that little boy. And I just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus. I said that maybe four times, turned around, gave her a hug, and I said, she said, is that it? She thought I'd make a big display, I guess, or something. I said, no, that's it. And before I could get back, the car, the phone in the car was ringing, and the water was draining out of his head. He had set up, and they were giving him some broth, chicken broth. That's the God that'll bring you out of the tomb. He will bring you out. It's not me, it's not you. It's the name. There is no other name other than the name of Jesus that can save you. How long has it been since you've been watered by the name? Oh, come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.